half of bait. They can really make you mate. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on last gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Aim. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to love and smile and dance and sing. Good. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. I like that. I don't remember that from movies. You do? Yeah, who is that? It's Monty Python, but wait, there's more. When is a podcast more than just a podcast? When it touches people. Have you ever robbed a veterinarian for phenobarbital? Chris has. Have you ever masturbated in front of a mentally deranged skinhead after shooting meth? Chris has. Listen to Dopey. I could see the city light. And be glad you're not as fucked up as Chris. Welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And that was my friend Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. The new band. Who's Kevin? Kevin works at my restaurant. Oh, yeah. He's one of the managers. He's very well-spoken. Is he somebody that talks to you when you fuck up? No. Dave recently got a a stern talking to at his place of work. Nah, no. Which is a regular... You know what's funny, though? It's like, Dave, you know, about once a quarter gets a talking to from a patron who's upset with his waiter service. And... I just like to think of how many more people are upset with your service because, like, the lengths you have to go to bother someone for them to actually call your place later is pretty far. Well, so that means that if one person is calling a quarter, there's, what, 10 a quarter that you've really pissed off. That's pro- I'd say 16. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to also understand, uh, three weeks ago, I got a card yeah. that said I was the best waiter they ever had in their life. You got a what? A card. A card? Like a card they sent Is that to like the a, get, a get out of jail free card? For me. So every time <laughs> they take the card back. The most, yeah. <laughs> every time I come in, it's like this one. I go, I put the card down just in case. But the funniest thing is that, um, is that, you know, for years I've acted. First of all, Todd got fired for something, you know, Todd Yeah, we talked fired. about it in the last yeah. episode. I, I do shit like that constantly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sober. Yeah. And, um. I'll tell the story of what happened, but I just want to say this, that for, I've worked in this restaurant almost 10 years and I've always been like this, where it's like mercurially or incredibly different between somebody who's happy and somebody who's not happy. Wait, what do you me. mean? I mean, I can get a card that says I'm the best waiter they ever oh, had. Oh, okay. Or someone can break down crying at the table. Yeah. Or they could call and say, well, you, they can't believe I mean, we this happened. About, you give them an experience. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. But, um, it's an experience in a sandwich. But the funny thing is that for eight and a half years, you know, they do like kind of a review mm-hmm. and at the end of the year and they decide to give you a bonus or not give you a bonus. 
for many years, they didn't give me a bonus. Yeah. And I would have to go and, and cry and beg for the bonus at the end of the year because <laughs> it really bothered me. Do they give me. you a bonus now? Not only do they give me a bonus now, they gave you, give you a, you a report. <laughs> and, and for customer service, they wrote excellent with an exclamation point. Oh, wow. Now, Ooh, I Kevin think, did that? Who's the guy that just recorded the thing? That was Kevin, but no. Ke- they do a survey of all the managers. Oh. But Does everybody get the same thing? No. And, but no, but I act. The thing is that I always act exactly the same. But it used to be that if I kept doing what I was doing, I was going to get fired. Now it's ex- excellent with an exclamation point. And you never changed. Maybe you got sober, and you changed. I think that might be actually. What <laughs> yeah, happened. But, but I'll tell you this story. A little bit of the a other role. day, the place was incredibly busy. It was Easter Sunday. Yeah. Easter Sunday. Yeah. At around six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And I had been working since 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And it was jam-packed, yeah. heavy-duty work. Also, the person who was supposed to do breakfast with me didn't come. Yeah. So I had to do the whole breakfast by myself. Yeah, but breakfast is easy, right? Not, not on Easter Sunday. It's okay. packed, and everybody wants something different, and everybody's got a problem. It's a yeah, mess. There's, there's no special Easter dishes. They never change the menu, right? They do a dish for Passover, but not for Easter. Okay. Anyway, it was a, it was a very busy day, and... Um, the maitre d, or as they like to call themselves, the major d's, yeah. came up to me. I, I still can't get over that. Like they made this guy an assistant manager, and he still can't pronounce maitre d. He says yeah. the major d. Whatever. What do you mean whatever? It's a restaurant. It's a position. Major Is he of d. a different ethnicity. I mean, not barely. He's Puerto Rican. You're so racist. What? You're racist. Uh, because he can't say maitre d. Yeah, I'm racist. Yeah, you're racist. Do you really think that? Yeah. Because he can't You're making say, fun of somebody because of their accent. He doesn't have an accent. It was the guy you met, Dude, Ed. Was pa- it was Ed. Are his parents native Spanish speakers? Dude, you met him. I'm asking You're in you. some zone here. Let's <laughs> deal with reality. I'm here. asking you, are his parents native Spanish speakers? Uh, here's the weird eyes are going out. <laughs> the question is this. Um, you met him, the guy at the front door. Yeah. Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think he's got a problem with the English language? No, he seemed like he could. He's very well spoken. He had a radio show for Christ's sake. <laughs> he can't say fucking uh, Maitre D. But maybe it's just like a hip way of talking. It's know? not. He's hip. very cool. There's like the Major Deegan Expressway. Yeah. And then there's a Maitre D in a restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, so the Maitre D comes up to me and says, um, "Hey, Dave, you want to take eleven in the back?" And I was very busy in the front. I even had a fucking literal crackhead at my station. A literal crackhead who was bugging the fuck out. I was, I was sure she was on methadone. She was slurring. Was she buying for stuff? Yeah, she was at my table. She was a Who mess. smokes crack and eats pastrami? She, she, well, she revealed at the end of the table, that she, at the end of the table, at the end of the meal, that she's uh, six years off crack, but she's slurring like a fiend. She's drunk. I don't know. She seemed methadone to oh, me. Oh, okay. You know, she had that methadone slur. She was yeah. insane. Yeah. Um... And then I went to the back, and I was like, what do you guys want? I'm in a huge rush. Uh, if you can order quickly, I can deal with it. And they start order- and they said, well, what takes a while? And I was like, no, you can't time anything. I'm going to do it my best, and it's going to go as fast as it can. And if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, there's nothing I can do. Wait, and- I'm sorry. They want it to be done quickly? Yeah. Okay. And it's very busy. Yeah. And they also – we didn't get to them fast enough because the major D didn't tell us quickly enough. Okay. And so <laughs> – I'm back there, and then I'm like, he's like, well, how long do you think an omelet will take? And I said, 10 minutes. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm going to time you. And I said, then give it 20. And then, <laughs> and I said, and each omelet is done separately, so that 
ex, you know, excrementally. Were you ex- being funny? No, that's how they I do mean, it. They have two pans to do the omelets. It's not an omelet restaurant. Yeah. You know, if you order five omelets, it's going to take like a half an hour to get them. Okay. Um, and then they're they like, we want scrambled eggs for our son. I said, we don't serve scrambled eggs during the day. And then she goes, all right, give him a plain omelet. And the kid was like six. Yeah. And he looked like you in that picture. He looked all sweet and yeah. white and stuff. Yeah. And he goes, I don't want a plain omelet. And I said, that's it. I got to go. Yeah. I said, you guys figure out what you want and I'll come back. Yeah. And I go. And then the next thing I notice, they're leaving. You didn't even smile at all? I think I might have half smiled. Yeah. I, you know, and then and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I said, you said you're sorry to him? Yeah. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I said, we're just super busy. I was going to come right back. I just wanted you to get your, your order together. They said, that's not the way you treat people. I said, I know, but we're really busy and I'm really sorry. And then I went outside and I said, can you come back in? And they said, no, that's yeah. not the way you treat people. And I felt. Was the kid crying? Weeping. <laughs> Mommy, get that monster away from me. Scramby eggs. Um, I felt terrible. Yeah. You know, I felt terrible. Yeah, you sound like a dickhead. Yeah. Not and very th- sober of you. Yeah. And then, um, so I, I went to the manager and I told him. <laughs> you, sh- you should have showed him your card. Which card? I'm the number one waiter. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So you went to the manager and, the and manager he said it's said, cool and then they called. She said... What did they expect? It's super busy, blah, blah, blah. And I, but I felt really bad because I knew that I could have handled it differently. Yeah. And it really bothered me. But then I said, I'm, I'm going to try not to let this bother me, blah, blah, blah. And then the next morning on the way to work, a different manager called me up and asked me about it. Mm. So there And you go. how does it work when you get a talking to? Are they just like, whatever? Yeah. He just, he just wanted to hear because they had called the store and they assumed I was a manager. You're extremely lucky that you work for such a reputable, time-tested place. Because if you didn't, you would have been fired a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter if somebody writes a bad review. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if somebody complains. They're not going to lose business. No, it's the nature of what you do. Yeah. If I stood there and cursed them out yeah. and like beat up the six-year-old kid or like told him... He, I mean, I've said some crazy things in my day. Yeah, like, no, but if it was a new place... Yeah, of course. But, yeah. I mean, I've also been there a long time. I know the parameters of what I can get away with and what I can't. I mean, other people have gotten fired. Where does this fall in the parameters? It's, it's bad. It's a close? You yeah. In the red zone? Yeah. I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. And I, you could look at my face and know that, I mean, I take it really seriously. Yeah. And I really wish it hadn't happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, I even just talking about it, I feel like I'm, like, repenting my fucking sins. All right, what do we got on the docket? What do you think? Do you think I might? Maybe I'm going to get fired when I go You're back. You're not going to get fired. You're probably not. Um, so, people pleasing District Nine. Uh, so, Dopey Nation, as you know, Dave uh, accuses me of being an extreme people pleaser a lot. Okay, if I didn't accuse you of it, would you say you were? I like to make people happy. You don't make me happy. <laughs> I don't care about you. Well, okay, so I was... It's, it's a repugnant so thing. This is a really stupid thing, but it's just something I noticed, all right? I was watching this movie called District 9, which I've seen before. Have you yeah, seen it? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And so if you haven't seen it, this big uh, ship shows up, this alien ship in Johannesburg in southern Africa, South Africa, 
And uh, it's full of aliens, right? I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, and the aliens are like kind of like like the dumb aliens. It's almost like the aliens on the ship who get put in like the kind of like the camp. They it's like very clear that they're not like basically like the scientists and like the doctors and the mathematicians of their race. Do you know what I mean? They're, I don't remember the movie. They're remind kind of me, like the, remind the, me of the movie. So it really doesn't matter. So basically this alien ship shows up and this guy is given a role to transplant them from one camp to another and he gets this stuff squirted in his face and he starts turning into one of the aliens. That's the story. But the point, was he was he anti alien at that point though? Kind of, not really, but sort of. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, what did they squirt in his face? He just he's just going through some weapon and like the weapon explodes in his face and he doesn't know what it is. It's just a canister full of this stuff and it like turns him into an alien slowly, right? But anyways, my whole point for people pleasing though is uh, I'm with Annie and I'm explaining it to her and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, so all the aliens on this ship, I'm like, they're all just like the trash aliens and then I'm like, well, I'm like, actually, they're not like trash. Aliens, like they're they're probably like pretty good aliens. And then I realized I was like, God, I'm people pleasing for like a fake race of alien species. Like I don't want to say something bad about you know. That's uh, not necessarily people pleasing. It 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 tickles the same nerve that you're talking about. But you're just scared. It's fear. I want to say something bad. I feel like it's bad karma to talk about trash aliens. There's no. I'm like. There's no such thing as a trash person or a trash alien. You say terrible things about me to me all the time. Yeah, but you know I don't think those things. I don't know anything. I just want to hurt your feelings. Well, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to. I think so. That's funny. I, I think um, we're doing. I mean, I feel like. I feel like uh, sometimes. We uh, forget that we do a show about drug addiction. Or at least I do. What do you mean? So th- we need to talk about drugs more? Yeah, I think we do. Should we play the voice memo? Yeah. All right, so we have a voice memo. This is, Dope Nation, one of the most wild voice memos we've ever gotten. But we're going to have to ask you to hear through it. Because I don't know what he was doing. It sounds like he's you know working at the con- concrete plant or something. I think he's getting his teeth drilled. It's like a fucking <laughs> drill in the background. There's all sorts of stuff going on in the background. Um, we can always play the voicemail from IG. That's super clear and good. Um Oh, this one's great. We've been, this is one of the, it's one of the greatest voice memos of all time, which Dave has never listened to. So uh, without further ado, here we go. Oh, I need to catch them up. So the voice memo is like 20 minutes, right? And it's basically the story of this guy who was ta- doing a bunch of meth and he had to go to court um, with his friend and then he got paranoid and he left court. And I'm actually going to start the voice memo when there's like eight minutes left because it's too long. And again, I apologize for the uh, audio quality. I go in the grocery store and I just see a few guys that are kind of around me, you know, giving me that that look like, you know, these are the guys that are trying, you know, that are hired to get me or something. So I'm like running and hiding like through the aisles and... I kid you not, there are mothers holding their children close to them in fear of their life, you know, from me. Like, they were, people were scared of me. And I ran out of 
aisles to run through. So I went to the store, which was next door, the liquor store. And I was quite um, friendly with the store clerk because I went in there every night to get 40s. So um, I told her, I said, listen, you have to hide me. And I go... I, I, before she could even say, yeah, you can hide here, I just ran to the back of the store, like where they keep the inventory and stock and stuff. And I'm like hiding behind a pallet. I call the cops on myself because I really think people are trying to kill me. I called the cops on myself. And about three minutes later, uh, I'm looking through the door and I can see the cop enter the door in the front and then the store clerk was pointing towards the back where I was and the cops came back there and they asked me what's going on I said look I'm not crazy um there's somebody trying to kill me uh I said I smoked meth last night but I haven't been smoking it enough to be hallucinating I said this is the real deal they're they're really trying to kill me and they said, son, if you don't go to your apartment and sleep this off, you're going to have some big fucking problems. And I was like, please, please, you have to, you have to take me somewhere. And they didn't want to take me. So they left me no choice but to, to fucking be on my own again. And I had to like make my own way home. So on my way back to the apartment, there's fucking like this big old mud truck that is like you know rolling his window down beside me and as soon as they started rolling the window down I ran so there's a house that's across the street from the grocery store so I knocked on the door like three times and I didn't even wait for anybody to come to the door I walked right through these people's front door and on the other side of the front door, there's uh, kids sitting in Indian style on the living room floor with their plates of food, watching cartoons. There's a dad sitting in a lazy boy recliner. And then there's the mother that is in the kitchen, like, I don't know, still cooking or doing dishes or something. And I'm telling these this guy that, listen... I'm sorry, I walk right through your front door, but you have to hide me out. There's somebody that's trying to kill me. Please, you have to protect me. And he said, if you don't get the fuck out of my house, you're going to have more things to worry about. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. So, anyway, I... I had to leave, I left, and then I made it back to my apartment, running, not not looking back, I ran the whole way back to the apartment. So I'm in the apartment, and then I'm smoking more meth, again, and then I hear, fucking pervert, peeking through my fucking window, and I'm looking through the window, and I can hear, I don't see anybody, but I can hear, like, this girl talking to another person, say, look, there he is again, he's peeking through the window again, he's looking at me, he, he, he's a pervert looking at me, and I'm like, what the fuck is this girl talking about, so, 
this is going on for like 45 minutes. And then, so the apartment place that I'm at is kind of like, a, you know, th- there's an office where people are in the office during the day at their desk. So this got out of control. Like, I, I felt that I had to go to the office and tell the lady that is on, on shift, I said, listen, there's some girl that says that I'm peeking at her or looking at her. I said, I don't know what she's talking about, but I am doing no such thing. So if anybody comes to your office saying that I'm looking at her or, or peeking through the window at her, that that's a lie because I'm not doing that. And the lady, the lady was like, you know, agreeing. Okay, no problem. Yeah, that's okay. She must have been freaked the fuck out because I probably didn't look like in any shape to be out of the house. So, uh, I go back up to the house and I smoke like my last few hits of meth. And then, um... This girl who I used to smoke crack with that lives in the apartment complex came over and and I told her what's going on. I said, look, there's somebody trying to shoot me. I said, I don't know what's going on. And um, she's like, is it them that you have to worry about? And I'm like, uh, I don't... She had me all like, like mind fucked, right? She, I, she's like... Maybe I'm trying to kill you. And she had me believing, like, now she's the fucking enemy, right? So I hid in the fucking closet, and I I have two knives in the closet that I had left in there. And I have each knife, I have each knife in both hands, right? And I'm literally at, in the closet, standing at the door, saying, listen, if you come in here... You know, I'm gonna stab you, and it, it was crazy, man. And it was the scariest thing ever, really, man. And I've never been so ashamed, you know. That that's just fucked up shit. To to get it to that level, man. Meth, you know, and, and any drugs, man. They fucking ruined my life. They embarrassed me, dude. You know? And here I am. I'm going to be seven months clean on the 15th again. You know, I've never been able to put together a full year. And I'm really trying. I'm on the Suboxone program right now, but, you know, it's temporary. I've been on Suboxone before. I actually kicked it cold turkey in a detox in a rehab type residential place and it was the most excruciating painful it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life so but you know that's coming so anyway I just felt that I'd share a story with you man I don't smoke meth anymore that's just one of many 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 stories um, you know, Dave read a post that I put on Facebook one time, a story about shooting Suboxone. I'm sure you can recall, but anyway, I love listening to you guys. I really do. And every time I'm in a meeting, I promote you guys at the end of my shares, dude. I really do. 
I tell them to check it out on uh, Google Play because that's where I listen to you guys at. But anyway, uh, stay strong, Dopey Nation. And if you want to, you know, hear any other stories, I'll be gladly, I'll be glad to tell you them. And um, toodles. Thank you, Ryan. How about that? <laughs> oh my God, this is a good one, right? It's beyond good. It's, it's insane. I, I'll try to clean it up for you guys, Dopey Nation. I hope you can hear through it. But I was like, even with that high-pitched squeal, I'm like, we got to play this. For like a minute, I was like, I couldn't listen because I'm like thinking that it's a drill in my teeth. Yeah. Or he's like buffing the floor someplace. Yeah. And then I'm just like, what a – it's like the funniest story. It's insane. And like how, how, about, how about shitty police work? There's somebody hiding in the back of a liquor store claiming somebody's trying to kill him, geeked out on meth. And the cops are like – Go home, son. That was like a cop from the 50s. I mean, he got lucky, though. Oh, he got so lucky. Between that and running into somebody's house and then going to the neighbor saying somebody's accusing me of being a peeping Tom. It's all... But you... The story is... You just know it's like... it's, It's also just like so... I mean, it probably recounted in a... He probably, he definitely believes everything he said. It probably didn't happen exactly like that, but he definitely was interacting with people. There was so much impossible shit in the story <laughs> that you can't really think that the cop is I like Don Knotts get home son you best sleep it off and cut the I'm gonna be in the liquor this. store girl where he comes in and he's like hey somebody's trying to kill me you gotta hide me and then he's going in the back okay, what I would get like amphetamine psychosis like that I got really scared of people where I mean I can get hiding in the closet but I would just stay in the closet for hours and hours I wouldn't talk to anybody I wouldn't reach out and say help do you know what I mean I just everybody was was, I couldn't talk to anybody you know yeah I when I did meth it made me just so uncomfortable that like I got pills you know what I'm saying I did not let you didn't let that happen no the best part is he's like and then I went home and smoked some more That is the best part. The other, the other thing that, that strikes me about it is it's a 20-minute voicemail. We played the last eight minutes. Oh, the begin- so what was the, the first 12? The beginning of it was he was supposed to go to work and his friend wasn't going into work. And his friend like we, was like, will you drive me to the courthouse? And so he went to the courthouse and he was sitting in the courthouse. And there's all like you know guards and there's police officers in the courthouse, and he starts watching and he's them. High. And he's getting high. He goes there to get high. No, no, he goes there just to support his friend or something like that. His friend a ride, and he goes in, and he's sitting in there, and he starts to get fucking terrified because he keeps seeing the cops. So he goes out and he lays down on the floor of his truck where your feet go, and he's just laying there curled up in a ball, getting more and more scared until he finally leaves. This abandons his friend. You see, this what this really reminds me is is. How lucky and fortunate we are to be clean, yeah. first of all, and how amazing it is that we do this show. Yeah. We do this show, and people like Ryan, who, God bless you, He's Ryan. He's got seven months. I to, hope you, you still know. have it, and, yeah. and you can, Ryan, you can get as much time as you want to get. Yeah. You know, don't think that there's some fucking ceiling on it. You can get as much time as you want, and um, it's so cool that, that, I mean, like, I don't know how, you know, we're going to find out the truth about our downloads today or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know how many people are actually listening, but I do know that there's a fair amount of people who are part of our community who feel safe to tell us stories, who tell each other stories, and that it's like... I think it's really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't even believe that we've created this weird misfit... For people to share that way. ...drug addict safe haven spot. 
Do you have any uh, like cocaine psychosis stuff or? I, I can't I, listen. That's the other thing. I don't remember shit. Yeah. Like, like he's telling me about something I read on Dopey yeah. about him shooting Suboxone. I don't have any recollection. The, the closest thing I got is I was in Dorchester once, and I had just met this random dude, and he would actually buy heroin, and I had to connect for coke. And I brought, I just he was like leaving his apartment once, and I was drunk, and I was just like, "Hey, can you get dope and stuff?" And he brought me into the basement of his building, and uh, there was nobody in the. It was like a house. It was like a giant house that had been broken up into four or five apartments, and I'm in the basement. And the basement's just disgusting, right? And and we're shooting coke in the basement, right? And then um, he leaves me down there. He comes back. He's like, I can get the dope and stuff. And we shoot coke for a while. And there's a big bucket, like one of those big painter's buckets. And it's just full of piss and vomit because we would shoot coke. And someone had already been pissing in it. And then sometimes you vomit when you shoot coke. And we'd vomit in the piss bucket, right? And so – he left to go get more stuff. I go to this little like dingy fucking closet and I close it all the way so it's just like a tiny little hole and I'm just shooting coke staring out this little thing and vomiting in this piss pocket <laughs> next to waiting for this random dude Take to come back. Take a shot. Yeah. But that was the closest I got. I would just hide, you know what I mean? And I'm terrified of this one person even returning. If I ever did coke, it's like First thing I did was I'd be angry at myself for doing the coke. Yeah. Or, or if I was with people, yeah. I would just be in some kind of pseudo psychedelic paranoid spot. Yeah. Everybody hates me. Like if I was with like a girl that I wanted to be with, I'd be like, this is going to get fucked up. I just, I get this. Uh, <laughs> that's the worst case scenario of anything yeah. you think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, that's what coke in me is yeah. like. So as soon as I did it, like I would be like, all right. And I'd take every bit of weed I have. Put it in front of me and try to smoke myself calm. I would, I would, I would take anything I could. It got to the point where I would never do coke if I didn't have, have landing gear, benzos, yeah. heroin. You know, a hammer they to were, beat myself I, with. I just hated it. You remember Tina, right, my ex? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, I was shooting coke when I was she, she doing. You she still saved, hear from her? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I was shooting coke and she saved all these voice memos. I don't even remember because I'd taken a ton of benzos, right? And, and that she, didn't undo it. It would like, it would be like I'd be like fine. It would like undo it, and I'd shoot the coke, and I'd remember a little bit. I just remember like fractions of stuff. You know, I'd be pulled out of the benzo haze, and then the coke would wear off, and I'd go back. But she saved all these voice memos that I had, where I left her these like two, three minute voice memos accusing her of being down the street and watching me in my apartment. Yeah. See that it's just it was the antithesis of the way I use drugs. Yeah. It's like you kind of like. And I don't, I don't know why you would do those. You know, it's like you crave the chaos. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like, oh, I rem- whenever I got high on an upper, if I used to smoke meth with Todd, then I started to shoot meth because I was like, that's the thing to do. Yeah. But I always had a downer because like my, my, I, my, my brain is crazy enough. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like a wire naturally. I'm up here. What came in? Anything exciting? No. Exciting news? Just a message from Annie. Um, what did she say? She said, where's disc one for elementary? What is that? It's a show. We have no... Um, uh, Wi-Fi. We, we have no Wi-Fi right now because we just moved. So we're, we're stuck to, to DVDs. What, what did you purchase? 
I didn't purchase anything. I went to Arden's house and just got stuff. What'd you get? Elementary? What is uh, it? Sherlock I already Holmes had. Show? I already had Elementary. That's a Sherlock Holmes show. Yeah, it's like a Sherlock Holmes remake. And then Lucy Liu, who was an, an MD, was a doctor, plays his sober companion in it. So he's this brilliant sort of detective type guy who can like figure anything out. But he keeps using drugs, so they hire Lucy Liu to be his like permanent sober like companion. Watson. She's the yeah, Watson. she's the Watson, but right. she like keeps him on the straight and narrow. So today, me and Chris, very, very, very amazingly, yeah. were invited to speak at a high school in Manhattan. Yeah, I think it went well. I think it went well, too. But it was it a little was, edgy, but I mean, I think it was good. Can you guys imagine somebody asks Chris and I to go to a They listen to Dopey, mm-hmm. and they're like, we want you to speak to children. Well, I think we reached a couple of the kids. The one guy came up after, and he said that he, uh, he usually doesn't listen to these things, but he paid attention the whole time. It was Dave cool. was fucking hilarious. Dave was calling people, hey, in the back, what are you doing? Put your laptop away. <laughs> well, it made me sick. These fucking kids are just sitting there not paying attention. I can't... It like, was. It was like two kids, but you just bye-bye. can't handle it. I'm, just, I'm yeah. just on the two kids who weren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Chris stayed at a hotel and we went to get breakfast. And it might have been the worst breakfast I ever had. I still feel sick. But it was free, so it makes it okay. You know, and also... Serafina, that's two thumbs down for Serafina yeah. on the Upper West Side. Yeah, fuck Serafina. They're just mailing it in. They're it, not even trying. It, it looks good when you go in. You're like, this place is going to be great. Nobody was there. <laughs> Nobody was there. fucking miserable. We had a nice seats. And those motherfuckers, I said, can I please have my eggs over easy? And they bring me these hard poached eggs. I like poached eggs. Why? They're delicious. Why? I don't know. I just I like any egg to be honest. Yeah, I like any food in general. I don't like it, and I still feel sick. And you have I feel sick. Excuse me. And I feel like as soon as we finished the meal, our chemistry was ruined for the rest of the day. Is it ruined right now? No, we're, we're, doing we're back. We're back on ones and twos. <laughs> we but, gotta call a guy at some point. Uh, okay, let's call him. Up. Should we call him right now? Yeah, he, he's awaiting our call. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Before you call him, didn't it was it was pretty cool talking to the high school. Oh, it was great. I'd love to do it again. Yeah, if you if you guys are in a college, right, Dopey Nation, if you guys are in school and you book speakers to come to the school, maybe you should consider booking me and Chris. Yeah. Ooh, there's another thing. I'm just going to say this in the middle. I met with this publishing intern at my restaurant, and she didn't even write me back. This fucking girl. Um, she said that the reason that we're not closer to getting anything happening is because even though so many people download the show, they're not engaged with us on social media the way they should They be. are engaged on social media. We just don't have the numbers. Because I think people engage a lot for Dude, our numbers. Dude, if 4,000 people listen to every episode, which is about the number. Yeah. A little more. Okay. Well, yeah. how many Instagram followers do we have? 1,500. So where's the other 2,500 people? Well, where's our 4,000 reviews? Oh. We, 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 we've sculpted our reviews. It's like, why, if you guys are listening and you have a fucking phone, fucking follow us on Instagram and I've, I've, like us on Twitter. I don't even like have 600 on, uh, followers Facebook on Twitter. And what's in Reddit? Reddit. On Reddit. Just fucking pick up your phone and follow us because then we can make money without charging you guys for money. Well, we'll never charge them. Well, I'm saying maybe if they, maybe we will charge them if they don't do Dopey's this. Dopey's very expensive. For who? For me. We got to drive here. We Look at all this gear I bought. All the knobs and shit. And we are back in Manhattan also, and it's raining. All right, let's call this guy. All right, turn that microphone on. All right. Is it on? Yeah. Yo, Chris, what up? Alex, what's up, my brother? How you living? I'm living good. How are you living over there in San Francisco? 
my buddy's apartment and look at the ocean as I talk to you. Is, is Dave Ski there? What's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, Dave, how you living, man? I'm living, I'm living well. Living fine. How, what does he say? What does Biggie Smalls say? How are you living, Biggie Smalls? And he says, I got end, I give ends to my friends and it feels stupendous. Oh, that's pretty I like that. Exactly. Yes, that's me. I'm giving ends to my uh, friends. How are you living, Alex? I did. I'm really a happy camper with no complaints right now. Uh, I'm a Boston guy and I think it's snowing out there right now. And here it's maybe like 78 degrees, like a perfect temperature. Real nice. There you go. But is it windy? It's not windy. Uh, San Francisco. No, it's not let Chicago. Me, let me lick my finger and put it in the air. <laughs> uh, the slightest amount of wind. The Bay Area is beautiful. It's like it's oh, like it's fantasy. Nice. When did you move out there? So I have. I'm not really moving to San Fran. So I'm taking a gig in uh, Santa Monica, and so I drove. Uh, it, I'd take it like a week and just drive real slow. There you go. And then you listen to a lot of Dopey on your ride, huh? Dude, a ton of Dopey, ton of Dopey. I've been having a blast with it. You guys are uh, killing it, just killing it. Um, awesome. Dr. Drew, dude, that's fucking cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, he was honestly, he was like so fucking intense and smart and just like he's a good guy. He's a solid dude. The fucked up thing, Alex, about Dr. Drew is that we went we went to his house to record Dopey. Then he grabbed us and had sex with us, and we left the, sh- the house having recorded the Dr. Do- Drew podcast. What are you talking I'm about? Saying, I'm saying like <laughs> if, if you could enjoy... He, no, I'm just saying he was so powerful that like it felt like it was he, his had, show. he had taken us and he had made us his bitch. Yeah. And we liked it because he's so handsome and powerful. That's what it felt like. It, it, it was like we were his bitches. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, you're right. No, no, you're not wrong at all. And he's fit, too. He's a fit guy. He works out. He's huge. He's fit and muscular. He answered the door like a mob boss in a fucking track suit. Yeah. Ray's alpha, alpha, alpha. He's ready to rip and run and kill everybody. He looked at Chris like he was his illegitimate son. It was amazing. The whole thing was just it was incredible. I just felt like I wish that I could have stood up to him a little bit better and not just bent over and taken it so hard. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Dopey Nation, you don't have to go into any details or anything, but uh, we just want to say Alex is actually a sober companion. So that means he uh, occasionally uh, lives with people who are struggling struggling with substance use 24 hours a day. What's that like, man? Yeah, well, uh, it's always interesting, bro. I definitely can't give details on anything. I'm basically like, you ever seen the movie Michael Crichton? Michael, what do you mean Michael Crichton? No, no, isn't Michael Crichton the guy who did Jurassic Park? Yes, he's saying Michael Clayton. Oh, Michael Clayton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, definitely watch the movie. Yeah, basically, uh, I handle really weird scenarios and live with people when they're, uh, you know, going through some shit. Um, substance abuse, mental illness, blah, blah, blah. Um, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. I imagine. I imagine. Hold on, time out for a second. 
Was that all yeah. badly recorded, Chris? No, it was fine. If it was a little low, it's fine. It's I had one dial that was not dialed in properly. Oh, really? You might have been a little soft, but it's good. It's good now. It's okay. Good now. Yeah. Wait, who, who's, who's soft? No, no, Dave's just, we got this new fucking recording device that has a thousand knobs and we have no clue what we're doing, Alex. So we just wanted to make sure your mic was on good. Yeah, you guys need like a, um, like a tech guy, like a, like an intern. Aren't you guys looking for an intern? We have three interns. Oh, you should have one who's like there for the podcast doing audio bullshit. We had one, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't stick with it. He only would do it if we let him play piano on every episode. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's my buddy. Yeah. He was That's good, too. Silly arrangement. We didn't want him around. That was the thing. We were worried that he would hurt the chemistry. Yeah. Listen, Alex, this is, our, this is our third episode with the new gear, and it's probably going to be our best-sounding one, which means that, you know, it's sky's the limit with this thing. I hope I so. I love it, dude. Yeah, the, the last two have sounded pretty good. Yeah. So you're a sober companion. Have you oh, enjoyed, yeah. how, how long, how much clean time do you have? Uh, right around the same as Chris. What's your sobriety date? February fifth. Okay, so is that more or less than me? I think that's less than me. So mine's August twenty uh, first of two thousand thirteen. Is that before or after? Uh, I was. Feb- I have like four and change. What do you have? Yeah, four and change. Yeah, uh, f- five in August. Okay, yeah. So you'll have more than me. Yeah, so I'm better than you. Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> where did you, where did you guys meet? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, so I'm like fully recovered. Yeah. He's cured. <laughs> he's all over. He's a, so he's a totally sober cured. companion. He did work with my sister. That's where you met him? Yes. Oh, yeah. right on. Yes. Well, Alex, yes. what was your drug? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm so paranoid about one of uh, my coworkers from there listening. No, uh, it's fine. Don't worry. It's all, it's all good. Justin was on. You know that, right? Oh, Justin was on? Yeah, yeah. Justin came on. He threw down a bunch of stories getting fucked up at fish and stuff. Yes, dude. I love it. I was actually in... I was in New York City with Justin a few weeks ago, and we did a schwitzing. You ever heard of schwitzing? Of course, I'm Jewish. The oh, schwitz. dude, holy shit, it was awesome. Is that like the Russian bathhouse? Yeah. Basically, so what we were doing was we were doing steam steam room for like 20 minutes, and then ice cold shower, and then sauna for like 20 minutes. Did you do the, the the coffee rub and the the branches? Uh, no coffee rub, no branches. Yeah. Uh, what are the branches? But just like doing the triad it was fucking awesome they beat you with these uh, like branches you go in like the hot room and they take these I don't know if it's olive branches and they smack you with them and it makes your skin red it's a Russian thing I've heard about that I've heard about that I actually didn't do the branches I did the the coffee rubs though yeah why didn't you do the branches yeah why didn't you? Oh, do why the didn't I do that? I don't know. Because he's a pussy. No, it's these big fat Russian. Yeah, exactly. These big fat Russian guys are really scary looking. Would yell in Russian and beat each other, and I didn't want to like step in and be like, "Beat me." Uh. You're sounding pretty soft, Chris. Not gonna lie. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm a softie. I was soft. When I was a kid, we I had to. My mother made me take karate lessons. But mm-hmm. when when you throw the punch, the sensei walks around with a bamboo stick and beats your hand with the stick. Yeah. And I was and I was like, why is he hitting my hand with the stick? But it's to make your hand stronger. But I came home. I said, Mom, stop paying for karate unless you want to pay to have me beaten with a stick. <laughs> um, but so, Alex, what was your drug? Uh, booze. So mainly booze. Uh, I would black out like every time I drank. Uh, I tried marijuana maintenance plan a bunch of times, um, and that was really bad for me. So I have, uh, I'll be straight up with you, I have bipolar disorder, so pot is just terrible for it. Um, mm, yeah. 
And then I was also into Adderall. I blew a lot of Adderall and, like, mixed stimulants and all that shit. Yeah, that's not uh, good for bipolar disorder either. <laughs> so bad, dude. So yeah. bad. And, and that, um, yeah, horrible combination. But, dude, I, I've been, like, I'm just, like, a normal person when I'm off all the drugs. Like, I, I take my meds and I'm a happy camper, like, no issues. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I get a little down in the winter, but I use a uh, happy light. Chris, you know about the happy light? Of course, yeah. yeah What's yeah, the yeah. happy light? It's uh, you explain oh my it. Oh god, it's yeah. so good, Chris. You can explain it. You're like almost a doctor. No, I don't. I don't even know what it is. It's like it's supposed to simulate like simulate sunlight, and it's it's primarily usually for people with like season effect seasonal affective disorder. And you sit in front of it for like an hour a day, and it just makes you feel like happy, basically. I don't know. <laughs> it's basically like uh, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. I, I only have to do a half hour in the morning, and it is. Uh, I usually get like a little down in the winter. And it just completely flipped that shit around. Like, I feel great in the winter. Totally. So, Alex, you got any, uh, tell us about how you stopped using. You said you had a story from towards the end, you know, when you got uh, sober. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about my uh, my summer, my last using summer. So, I was, um, I'm, I'm a Boston guy like Chris. So, I was living, I just moved into an apartment in Somerville, um, which is like a little, it's kind of like Cambridge, just a little town outside of, uh, outside of Boston and yeah. I had been living with my mom for what like two or three years because I fucked up college so many times and it sucked living with my mom like totally sucked did not have any fun and so I finally get to live in an apartment with a friend from high school and a couple other kids and I was so pumped about it and so I had been sober for like nine months I was working as a personal trainer and I was like yeah sobriety is like good for me I wasn't doing, I would occasionally go to an AA meeting, but never had a sponsor, never did the steps, didn't talk to anybody. It was like, it was fucking useless. Yeah, self-willing so, it. Yeah, you, like that, that's, AA doesn't work when you don't uh, like do any work. Yeah. <laughs> you so said it perfectly. The first day I move into the apartment, I call my buddy, I'm like, dude, we have to celebrate, like let's get high. So we smoke a bunch of pot and one of the kids who I moved in with knew that I had a drinking problem. He's like, dude, is this cool? And I was like, dude, this is like so chill. Just like, don't worry about it. As long as I don't drink, I'm going to be golden. And, you know, I wasn't obviously. So it took me, um, it, and as soon as I started smoking the pot, the bipolar started flaring up. So I got, I started getting like more and more manic. And, uh, gee, I will tell you straight up, mate, like the start of mania is so much fucking fun. It's like addictive in itself. Why, you're just like super smart and clicking and don't need to sleep and stuff, or? Dude, exactly, exactly. And and so your brain is going faster, so I think you are a bit smarter. But like, you also get way less self-aware, way more aggressive. Yeah. And, uh... Dude, Alex, real quickly, my brother's friend... He he had his first manic episode living with my brother, and I still remember it. And like he ended up being really bad, and he had to be hospitalized, and it's been like a lifelong thing for him. But that first manic episode, he came up with all these ideas, and I remember my brother being like, "Hey, like so and so, like he's acting really strange, but he has these ideas that are actually pretty good." Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Dude, like, dude, here's a here's a fun little fact. A lot of people think that uh, Bill Bill W was bipolar. Really? Um, did you know that he wrote the steps in a half hour? 
No way. Really? Look it up. Look it up. He wrote the stuff in a half hour. He banged him out. No way. I heard he used to lay down on the floor at Central Office in New York City because he was so depressed sometimes. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that was the other end of it. Yeah. That's the the other side of the mania. He was also fucking everybody. Did you know that? Yeah, he was a serial uh, philanderer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they, they have like a little posse of people that would keep him away from the women oh yeah he originally liked having like the Al-Anons come to AA and then they were like no we need to separate this yeah yeah he would yeah. out yeah <laughs> yeah alright so awesome. anyways uh, so the manic episode's coming on you're in Somerville in your own apartment um, yes 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 so I'm working as a personal trainer at the time and which I loved like I loved Fitness is a huge part of my recovery today. Yeah, Alex like, is super, super fit. Get the blood pumping and all that shit. He travels around with little weights so he can always work out. Nice. <laughs> oh, dude, if, 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 you know, if you need, if you always need weights, I'm not doing it right, dude. I'll bang out, like, uh, push-ups and pull-ups off, like, random bars and shit and, like, burpees and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, the yeah, manic so- episode coming on. Fitness. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. So here we go. So I had to start drinking yet. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to drink. That would be a terrible idea. But eventually I met a girl. So, dude, I was I was already getting into a weird place. So my sister for my birthday, she knows how obnoxious I am. She got me a giant, like a T-shirt from Spencer Gifts with huge neon letters on the front. And it, it said party with slots on it. In like huge lettering, <laughs> and so I was wearing this walking through Somerville in Davis Square, and this girl. Wait, hold on, hold on, Alex. Street. Alex, it says yeah. party with sluts. Yeah, sluts. Okay. Spencer Gifts is like one of those places. It's like a gag gift you give somebody, and then nobody ever uses it. <laughs> so Except he was, Alex. so he was wearing the shirt. I was in a space where I was definitely going to wear that shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like super obnoxious, super super cocky. Yeah. And so I'm walking down the street, and this girl yells across the street, "Yo!" Does that shirt get you laid? And so I run across the street and I go, all the time. All the time. I'd never worn the shirt before, but I'm like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> so I get her number and eventually uh, we're like, oh, let's hang out. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm finally going to get laid. I obviously never got laid at my mom's house. <laughs> and, uh, like, I was never getting laid in general. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I was just like, I was a constant relapser. I never. You know, I kept failing out of college. Like, nobody in college wanted to hang out with me. I was such a mess. So, I wasn't getting laid that much. And it it was, like, priority number one at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so, she invites me over, and I'm walking over. And she texts me, and she's like, oh, do you smoke pot? And I'm like, well, should I smoke pot again? Like, I can't seem weird. So, I I text her back. I'm like, yeah, of course I smoke pot. And so, I keep walking. I'm like, I'm just going to smoke pot. No big deal. And she texts me again. She's like, yo, can you, um... Can you pick up some beer on your way? And I instantly text her back, yep, of course I can. <laughs> and so what I'm thinking is, like, I'm not going to drink any of this beer. I can't explain this over text message. I'll seem like a weirdo. I won't get laid. And so I get to the liquor store, and I buy I buy a rack, so I buy a 30-pack. And then I buy a handle for myself because, like, I'm already in the liquor store. <laughs> so that was, that was, like, the start of the run. Yeah. Um, Dude, it was a very interesting summer. Like, I was co- I was going drunk to the gym to work. Like, I had a water bottle full of champagne that I would drink out of, <laughs> and I thought nobody knew, but everybody fucking knew, bro. I was so, hitting on all the girls in the gym. It was really, like, not... You, were, you, you can't be a good personal trainer if you're drunk. 
So yeah. Alex, Alex, did they know it was champagne though? I mean, what a strange thing to put <laughs> yeah. in the water bottle. That was just, uh, I don't know, like in the morning, champagne's great. It wasn't Cristal, it was like Moet, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was- <laughs> so you'd pop a little bottle of champagne and then we'd be at home, you'd take out the champagne, pop the bottle, pour it in your water bottle. That's hysterical. Yeah, I did it on the fly, bro. I had a bicycle. So I would ride my bicycle to the liquor store with an empty water bottle and then outside of the liquor store, I'd pour in the champagne, pop, like uh, close the bottle and then drive off. You know, it's like an algae. I, I don't think I've ever heard an alcoholic who drinks champagne. I know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. very high end. What made, what made you do the champagne? What was the champagne? Allure, the allure of the champagne in the gym. Well, first of all, it was fancy, and I'm a fancy guy. And uh, <laughs> second of all, it just, it just tasted good and seemed like, well, it's not like it's not like I'm drinking liquor at the gym. It's just like champagne. Yeah, and you add a little orange juice to it, and it's a morning drink. It's a mimosa. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was a Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened, Alex? How'd you oh, how'd, God, how'd so you get sober? How'd the summer end? What happened? All right. So let me let me think about what uh. Hmm what the best way to go about this is. First, I'll tell you about two different guys that I got punched in the face. I didn't punch these guys in the face, but, like, my actions caused them to get punched in the face. So <laughs> I went to a party at this girl's house, the girl who caught me with the party with the slut shirt. She was, like, around most of the summer. Um, and so I go to this party, and it was like, she's like, oh, come to my birthday party. I'm like, okay. So... I'm so fucking obnoxious when I'm drunk and when I'm manic that, like, I was just kind of causing a ruckus. And there there was this one kid who I talked to and I was just fucking with the whole time. And I think he, like, didn't, it didn't really click with him that I was fucking with him. And, uh, until after the party. So the next morning the girl calls me and she's like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well... My friend that you were talking to last night just punched my neighbor in the face because he thought it was you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't remember what you were saying to him and stuff? And so I remember one thing. This is, like, so fucking weird. So I was reading The Game at the time. Have you ever heard of the book The Game? I saw the movie with uh, Michael Douglas, right? It's totally different. Like, couldn't possibly be more different. Okay. Um... <laughs> The game is like a book about picking up women. Oh, I've so, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nagging and stuff, right? Oh, we were supposed yeah, to try yeah, to get yeah, the guy yeah, on yeah. it. It's some guy who claimed he, like, never got any chicks, and then he developed something, and he got tons of chicks. Is that what it was? I think it's all true, dude. I think it's all true. Yeah. No, it's true. It's a whole scene. My friend wrote a play about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was reading the game, and one of the things that, uh, one of, like, their little tricks was doing, like, a psychic thing. So... Basically, you run through this whole routine and then you predict what this person's thinking. You're like, oh, uh, like you run through this whole little stupid little hypnotic thing. And then you're like, all right, now instantly think of a color and you snap your fingers and you're like, think of a tool. You snap your fingers. And then everyone picks red hammer. For some reason, like 80% <laughs> of people pick red hammer. Yeah. And so you say that and you blow their mind. And then the girl, like, I guess she thinks like, oh, wow, this is like magical or some bullshit. Then she's like, she gets wet or something. I don't know. But uh, I, did it, I did it to this guy just because I was fucking around, and he picked Red Hammer, and his fucking mind exploded. He was like, oh, holy shit, that's like the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Like, how did you do that? I'm like, dude, I'm a legitimate psychic. And I think I might have convinced him. 
No way, Alex. This guy did not want to punch you in the face because you mentalisted him. <laughs> yeah. You did something else, man. There is no way that that is why he yeah. came to beat you because you but guessed that was, Red that Hammer. That was my whole interaction with him. But I remember I did blackout. (laughs) It was what you did in the blackout. So what else did you? I'm more curious about the game. What else did you learn? What what other tools did you acquire? Yeah, if you have any Um, tips for the dopey nation, the single set. Yeah, the single set. Oh, dude. So that was like my only little routine that I had. Um, (laughs) You just had one takeaway. You were just like, dude. Think think of a color. Think of a tool. Red hammer. (laughs) Bow. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. And then they're wet. And then they're sopping wet. But, uh, no, dude, like, so the thing is, I never got laid more than I did during that summer. Because mm. it was a combination of the drinking and, like, the, uh, and the mania. You yeah. just get so confident. Yeah. Every room you walk into, you feel like you're the smartest guy with the biggest dick. <laughs> That's hysterical. And you have no inhibitions. So you just fucking go for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who can just, like, go out and pick up chicks. But, like, that summer, dude, I picked up a girl at a strip club. I was, like, making out with random girls at bars, which oh, never wow. happens to me. Yeah, uh, never happened to me. It was it was just nuts. But, uh, <laughs> That's hysterical. Right, who's the second guy that got punched? Was that oh, where... Dude, so this is crazy. So this girl that I was hooking up with, the, the party with Fuzz Girl, she had this friend, Stevie G. And so Stevie G is, like, super gay, super effeminate, like, loves to party. He has a... Uh, so he actually had a had a heroin addiction that I didn't even know about. And so me and this kid were just like on the same page, down to clown. So I started partying with this kid. And we ended up at another party at this girl's house. And there was this giant, roided up guy. And he was just fucking enormous. And I was a, I was a personal trainer at the time. So I walked up to him and I was like, dude, let's be straight up about this. What kind of subs are you on, dog? Tell me about your supplements. And he was totally honest. He's like, dude, steroids, obviously. I'm on steroids. And I was like, dude, that's really cool. Like, let's talk about that. So I'm wasted. It's like 2.30 in the morning. And he tells me all about his regimen. And I'm like, well, dude, do you know about any, like, low-key steroids? Maybe, like, with, like, no side effects? And he was like, yeah, dude, totally. I got you. Tomorrow I'll call you and I'll sell you some stuff for, like, 100 bucks. I'll teach you how to inject it in your ass and it's going to be great. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. (laughs) So I go home and I go to bed. This dude called. So I went home at, like, 3 a.m. The dude calls me at 5.30 a.m. And I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? So I don't answer it. He calls me 10 times. I don't answer any of his calls. Yeah. Because I get progressively more sober and I'm like, I'm not doing steroids. What the fuck? Like, I don't know this guy. He's probably going to give me, like, fucking fentanyl or something. I don't know. And so I'm hanging out with Stevie G a week later. We're walking down the street. Who do we run into? This fucking guy. (laughs) I don't know how we ran into him. And he was so mad. The steroids had completely melted his brain. Like, he was foaming at the mouth. Not exaggerating. Hmm. He was foaming at the mouth. He was shaking. And he was like, you owe me a hundred dollars. I was so cocky and arrogant at the time. I was like, hey, bro, I don't have it. I have like two bucks in my pocket. You fucking want that? So hmm. like, we're talking shit to each other, getting in each other's faces. And he's like, this was really weird. He was like, tell me you're a little bitch. And I think he was like, dominate me. 
And I was like, dude, you caught me. I'm the littlest bitch, bro. You fucking caught me. I'm still in his face. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to fucking beat me up? You're twice as big as me. Is that going to make you tough? And so it just gets more and more like we're shoving each other a little bit. And poor Stevie G has no idea how fights work. He's never been in an altercation. He doesn't, I, he's just not that kind of kid. He's just like a happy-go-lucky little gay heroin guy. Yeah. And so he gets in the middle of us and he's like, guys, stop. And the dude knocks him out. Just fucking boom, just knocks him out one punch. Oh my God. And you're like, what color are you thinking of right now? <laughs> yeah, it's Red <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> Red uh, Hammer. That was, that was his color. Oh, he, right. he saw nothing. And then so I shoved the guy. And then I'm wearing a tank top. He grabs my shirt and just goes, rips the whole thing off. One little swipe. Just oh. rips my shirt off. And so I had to pick up Stevie G and, like, walk away. Oh, my God. All right, Alex, we got, like, a couple minutes left. Tell us uh, real quickly how you got sober and uh, if you got any parting words for the Dopey Nation. Definitely, and, and, definitely. And, All right, here it is. So that summer, I got super, super drunk on a Tuesday afternoon, and I got a tattoo. I had never before in my life wanted a tattoo. I didn't want one the day after. I didn't want one the day before. Yeah. So I was super drunk. Dude, this is ridiculous. I have the word lucky tattooed right above my cock. What? <laughs> I, so I, I, I don't know why I got this idea. I was really cocky, and I was like, yeah, like, this is a great idea. So I go in, and I'm like, dude, could you just get like the word lucky, like really like small print just right above my cock? And he's like... Dude, I'm thinking we go big on this one. And I was like, all right, well, dude, you're the tattoo guy. Let's do it. So I have this, like, fairly large tattoo on my pubic area that says Lucky in, like, gothic letters. And you still got that? Well, no, he had it removed. Away, what? Tattoos don't go away. Yeah, I know. I know we got to remove me. Listen, Alex, did, were you shaving your pubic area at the time? I shaved it right before I went, and then he had to shave it again. So now, would you, are you still shaving, or is you look and you say, I'm feeling lucky today? Well, yeah, I always feel lucky. <laughs> wow. That's commitment right there. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. So that night, I went to a CYP, which is Cambridge Young People's uh, good meeting. Sure. The next day, and I was like, hey, guys, uh, I got a tattoo, and I don't want one. Like, I don't know what to do. And so listen to this, Chris. Glendog introduces himself to me. That's how I met Glenn. No way. I know shit. Yes, dude. Yeah. So Glenn introduces himself to me, introduces me to Preston. Do you know Preston? I don't know. He's a good guy. So yeah. he ended up sponsoring me. Yeah. So he starts sponsoring me and I'm still drinking and like, so obviously it doesn't work. I end up getting sectioned. Yeah. So I was literally, I was having, it was like, I was drunk on like a Thursday afternoon. I'm having sex with this girl, like this huge fat chick from OkCupid. Yeah. And the cops like start knocking on my door. I'm like, go the fuck away. Yeah. And then I go and I answer the door and I'm only wearing a condom. And <laughs> it's the cops. And they're like, kid, you got to come with us. You're fucking out of here. Yeah. So I go to rehab and then at my rehab, uh, or no, I go to the loony bin first because I was yeah. manic. So loony bin for a month, then rehab for a couple weeks. Then my shrink comes to visit me and breaks up with me. And that was my bottom when my shrink comes to me. <laughs> you're like, like, things are pretty bad when your shrink's breaking up with you. Yeah, dude, exactly. And so then I spent the next six months living in the sober house, and all I did was eat pizza and read Infinite Jest. That's all I did. And I, I, I hated myself, wanted to die every day. And then eventually I was so suicidal, I was like, I'm going to go to a meeting. Yeah. So I went to a meeting, I raised my hand, 
and I was like, hey, uh, I've been sober for six months, and I'm more miserable than I was when I was drinking. Like, I want to die. Yeah. And this dude wearing, like, a flat-brimmed hat and a wife beater immediately stands up after I share. He grabs me by the shirt. He tears me out of the meeting. Yeah. And he's like, hey, dude, have you ever had a sponsor? And I'm like, uh, kind of. <laughs> and he's like, when's the last time you talked to him? I was like, oh, maybe, like, eight months ago. And he's like, call him right now. And so... I'm fucking terrified. I, I, but I was, I was desperate. I was finally desperate. I call Preston and he doesn't answer. And I'm like, thank fucking God, Preston didn't answer. I don't yeah. want to do this. He calls me back five minutes later, and he's like, meet me tomorrow morning. Yeah. Mm. And I did, and I, and I did the steps, and now I, I'm sober for like four and a half years. I sponsor guys. Awesome. I love the program. I love life. Like I'm a happy camper. I'm a, I'm a relatively normal guy. Great you know? story. Alex, Good story. Alex, how far away from your penis is Lucky? Is it like five inches? Is it? it do you Here, see let me, it? Let, let me look right now. Let me look right now. So, the bottom, the bottom of the tattoo is probably a little bit less than an inch from my cock. So you, it's it's obscured by the hair at this point, right? Uh, well, you know what? I like to keep it trimmed. I like to keep it trimmed. So That's you can neat. even even if I tried growing a full bush and you could still see it through. <laughs> and you don't mind. You like it. You like the. I think it's funny. And it's you know a good story. Is, it, felt like, it doesn't affect my life. Like once a girl sees it, it's already too late. She's so what does going. she say? What does the girl say when she sees the lucky? In do you Gothic? tell? Do you tell them first, or you just let them discover it? Uh, it depends on the case. If it's like. <laughs> If it's like a nice stand-up normal girl, sometimes I'll warn them. Yeah. Um, some of them laugh. Some of them like don't mention it. Some of them think it's super hot. Like, it's, you, you get a smorgasbord. Mm. Is it is the tattoo to show them that they got lucky to have your dick, or what is the meaning of lucky? Dude, I couldn't even fucking tell you. It seemed <laughs> like a good idea at the time. I mean. You can interpret it however you want, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff, man. Alex, thank yeah. you so much for calling. And uh, and I think that we would like to hear from you again sometime. Yeah. I would love to call you guys. I, uh, I've i gotten super into the podcast. I'm a big fucking fan. Um, so, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, down to, I'm down to clown. Awesome. Right on. So thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. And uh, and we'll we'll talk to you sooner or later, man. Stay uh, lucky. Right, so in, 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 instead of uh, so stay strength, dopey nation. And instead of toodles, I like saying K bye. So I'm gonna go ahead and say K bye. K bye. I, I think that's finally the, the, the worst thing I've ever heard. Worse than toodles. He's gone. <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> he says K bye. Oh man. Wow. Wow. Lucky, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Stay strong, my brethren and sistren. Wait. Drop us a review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Reddit. What else? We got a dopeypodcast.com. If he wants your merch, your dopey merch, a t-shirt. Buy a fucking t-shirt, Yeah, man. buy a t-shirt. Hold on. Support I, the nation. How, what, what are we at? Uh, we're done. But what are we at? I want to An do hour something. and six minutes. All right, so I'm going to do this real quick. What are you doing? I'm just going to do something real quick. Ugh. You don't like it when I do stuff? It's fine. <laughs> Let's see. Store. I'm going to hit my vape. I've been very good about not vaping. You've been getting a lot, of, a lot of things. Oh, I want to say hello to my cousin. I don't know if my cousin would possibly listen this far in, but my cousin Dana listens to Dopey. So, What's hey, up, Dana? Dana? She's great. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. The newest review. I just can't help but read it because it cracks me up. Um, newest review... Fucking three stars from Honest Nick. Yeah. And read the D-Man review. That's a good one, too. 
just going to do one for this one. Right. Needs improvement. And I'm going to read it as it's written. I didn't read it to you last night as it's written. I read written. it. It's written really poorly. Cool stiff, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> so cool stuff, guys. I'll translate. I do like a lot of your shows, but in some of them, there aims to be little that's talked about and seems like you don't prepare. There seems to be little that's talked about and it seems like you don't prepare. Like Honest Nick really prepared this review. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Uh, if you want followers like the Mentally Ill podcast. The Mental Illness Happy Hour. Then tail it seriously. Then take it seriously. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate makes that. A, he makes a good point. Listen, I want to give I Nick a suggestion. That, we discussed this yesterday. Go listen and I'm to like, the fucking. Eh, he's, listen, he's he's making you know. Listen to oh, you know what I wish about Nick? What that he could write that he wrote a two star review instead of a three star. Because we have a bunch of threes. Because we've never gotten a two star review. We do. We have one, and we don't want any more. No, we have no two. star It says reviews. we have one right here. Oh, we do. We don't want any more. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna get more two star <laughs> reviews. Honest Nick, I'm yeah. gonna suggest this to you, Honest Nick. Listen to Paul Gilmartin. Yeah, leave us alone. Oh. See you later, Ooh. Honest Nick. The downloads are going to hurt. You know what I call Honest Nick? What? Honest Dick. Good one. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Dopey Nation. And with that, I'll say toodles. Yes. Goodbye. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind. When I leave this busted city far behind. I'll take the high road however far it winds. Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I want to be good so bad want to be good so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had these suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had 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 and these suckers make me mad and it's all I ever had and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had